Good to be with you this morning, and thanks for, thanks for joining me. Whether you're here for the first time or the 50th time, it's, it's good to be hearing God's word together. Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and our Savior Jesus. I was at a, a funeral this week ago, week and a half, whatever it was, and uh, the, the pastor was commenting what a good encourager that the guy who passed away was. He was a good encourager. And, and then as we were leaving, he mentioned to a couple of other people, you guys be a good encourager as well. Encourage your pastors and, and encourage others, people. They need encouragement. And then it was kind of ironic because it was just a couple days after that, but I was at a, at a, at a meeting and, and somebody was lamenting, don't people care anymore? It just seems like nobody cares. Doesn't anybody care about anything? What did the person need? Some encouragement, huh? Felt bad for that person. And then it was really ironic because it was just a couple days after that that I was speaking with somebody and they were, they were telling me how, how sad and disappointed they were because they couldn't do some things that they used to always do. And I said, well, maybe it's time for you to make the transition from being a, a doer to an encourager. And they said, I don't know if I can do that, you know? I'm, I've always been a doer. I said, well, maybe it's time to be an encourager. That's what Jesus wants to help you and I do this morning, to be encouragers, to be and to do encouraging things, to be encouragers. Let's let Jesus encourage us so we can encourage others. And maybe you think this is kind of a small thing, you know, it's a little thing because we've been thinking about the big things of of who Jesus is and how big of a difference that makes in our lives. You know, last week it was Jesus is God. Whoa, rethink everything we know about God. The week before, Jesus is the master storyteller. He uses these great stories to make us re-see the way our lives glow. This week, then the week before that, it was miracles. And what does being an encourager have to do in comparison with those really big things? And I think it was Aristotle who said something like, courage is the first of the virtues in life because everything else comes after it. So he meant to say that you can't get anything done if you don't have courage. You won't ever tell the truth. You won't ever show your integrity. You won't ever live with honesty if you don't have courage. So in some sense, it's actually the most important thing to have. It's the thing that kicks everything else off. If you and I want to do a really good job of following Jesus well, we need to have courage. So let's first see Jesus as the encourager. Jesus the encourager. I I would say that Jesus is probably the best and the worst encourager. Why do I say he's the best and the worst? Well, because sometimes Jesus says all kinds of things that fill our hearts. That's what encouragement is, right? Courage is to have a heart that is full. It's a a, have a heart that is so full that you take action when there's fear so it's the, the predominance, it's the, the, the domination of a conviction even when you're afraid. And so your heart has to be full for you to do that. Jesus says things that really fill our hearts. He says, take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. He, he says, take heart, your faith has made you well. Jesus says all kinds of things that fill our hearts even when we are in the worst of situations. Um, and you know, go on down the list, right? In my Father's house are, are many rooms, and surely I'm with you always. Now, if those things don't make your heart say, yes, life is really not that bad. It'll be okay. I don't know what will. At the same time, Jesus says things that will absolutely empty your heart. 
If you really listen to what he says, you'll say, what? What? Jesus says, sell everything and follow me. And we know that was a very unencouraging thing to say because the man went away angry. He told people, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross. He said to people, you will be hated by everything, everyone because of me. He says things that absolutely empty our hearts of all that they feel. And this is exactly what he does in this section today. We're looking at Luke chapter 6, and in these verses he says both blessings and woes, blessings and woes. And you read those and you think, that's not very encouraging, Jesus. That doesn't fill my heart up. But maybe, maybe you and I just have the wrong idea of encouragement. What's encouragement? What's a good encouragement sound like? I like to think about a, an example uh, that maybe helps us just see what it is to have, encu- have courage and we get encouragement to fill us up with courage. So I think, take the example of a, of a little, of a boy learning to hunt. The boy goes with his dad and his grandpa to hunt for the first time. And, and he shoots his first deer. And how does the boy feel about shooting his first deer? Now, now maybe some boys would be ecstatic, but maybe this boy, this boy is a little terrified and he's overwhelmed, right? He sees dad begin to dress and to take care of the deer, and he's standing there, and he can, you can see it just wash over him. He has this realization, I just killed something, right? Uh, he has this realization, I just took the life of another thing. And, and I, I was just talking with somebody the other day about this, right? And he, so this just realization floors him, whoa, I just killed something. Now, what, what is dad going to say to that, that son? He's going to say, well, is he going to say, you know, ah, it doesn't matter, don't worry about it. It's not important to take a life. No, because you, you need him to be a little bit afraid of that power, don't you? If you don't teach him to fear the power to take a life, what does the son turn into? A serial killer, huh? Right? I mean, that's what it is. If, you don't, if you're not afraid to take a life, you're, you're, a, you're a serial killer. Um, maybe, maybe not exactly that, right? But you know what I'm saying? It, there is a good fear of the power to take a life. At the same time, you probably want your son to get back out there and and try it again. So you have to have a a conviction to act that lives right alongside your fear, and that's courage. What father would say to son in that moment is encouragement. Maybe the father says, you know what, you're right, son. You do have that power, And, and it is a terrifying thing. Life is a very precious and awesome thing. It's also something that's going to be taken from you someday. And this is sort of how the the cycle of life works. You're going to die and other things die. And we give our lives so that each other can live. Something like that. You know, I don't know exactly what the father would say to the kid. But what the father would say to the kid in that moment is encouragement. It's what you say to fill up somebody's heart in the face of fear. And see, that's the thing that Jesus gets, right? That's why what he says here in blessings and woes is such great encouragement. You think about what are the most common things that you and I say for encouragement? Maybe things like, yeah, good job. You did it. Well done. I'm proud of you. And yet those things aren't really the best ways to encourage people. 
You know, the best ways to encourage people, our research suggests it's saying things like, I'm with you. I'm going to stick with you, even if it, well, it's hard. Tell me more. Tell me more. Why getting people to tell them, tell you about the tough stuff fills their hearts with courage. I can see that that was really hard for you. That's an encouraging thing to say. I care about you more than you care about yourself. Those kinds of things are the encouraging things to say to people. Why? Because they help them see that, yeah, fear is going to be part of their life. That's what it takes to encourage. And I think we need to realize this reality that real encouragement, real encouragement declares both blessings and woes to people. Unless people are seeing the things that they're afraid of, they don't have real encouragement. So why, what, why are we so bad then at encouraging? Well, Jesus in this section, he kind of, he reveals it for us. He shows us. If you read the whole section, Jesus says, blessed are you when you do this, and blessed are you when you do that, and, and blessed are you when, when you weep, blessed are you when you hunger, blessed are you when you are hated. That's the way to be blessed. And then he says, woe when you're well-fed, and woe when you're rich, and woe when you laugh, and woe when people, everybody speaks good things about you. And, and a lot of times what happens when people read this section is, is they do one of two things. Um, some people say, so the way to get really blessed in life is to be this. Become poor. Become sad. Become hated. And then you'll be blessed. And maybe you've heard people say something like, well, everybody's yelling at me right now, so I must be doing something right. Have you heard of that? people say that before? Yeah, what, what are they saying? They're saying, because everybody hates me, I know that I'm, I'm a good person. I've got approval right now. I must be succeeding in life. That's what this is, right? Become like this. Everybody's yelling at me, so I must be doing something right. The other side of what people might do with this section, they, they, they spiritualize it, <laughs> right? They say, well, Jesus doesn't really mean that you have to be poor to be blessed. He means that you need to be poor uh, in your spirit when it comes to finances. So you say, all of the money I have in life comes from God. And, and all of the food in life that I have comes from God. And God, I would like more food from you. And God, I would like uh, to, to be um, happy and, and that comes from you. God, I would like your approval, right? If, as long as you search for those things from God, then you can say you're blessed. Uh, the problem is, and, and we could talk about those in great detail, but we don't really need to. Neither of them caught it, do they? They don't really re read what Jesus is saying because Jesus is really saying, no, it's the people who are actually poor who are blessed. It's not middle class, fairly affluent individuals who, who don't worry about where their next meal comes from, who don't worry about whether or not tomorrow they're going to die because some army is going to invade the land. It's, it's not middle-class people who don't worry about whether or not their neighbors are going to like them in a few weeks or months. It's, those are not the people who are blessed. It's the people who have nothing, who have nothing in life, and who have to look for everything they have to God. Those people are blessed. You know what Jesus is doing with these words is he's ripping away all of the things, isn't he? All of the things that you and I use to, to make ourselves feel blessed. Money, approval, good circumstances, food. 
All those things are the things that you and I use to say, life is okay, isn't it? I'm all right, and I'm not afraid of what tomorrow is going to bring. But you and I, we have to see that there is something far greater to fear than not having money or not having food to eat or not having approval from other people. We have to see that the greatest thing to fear is not having God. Not knowing the God who gives us all of these things and not getting those things from God. If we want to really see what it is to have an empty heart, you have to see that these things, they only come from God. It always makes me think about the, the cowardly lion. Remember the, the cowardly lion in Lion King? He runs around all brave and courageous, doesn't he? He goes, rawr, rawr, and growls at everybody until he, he gets pointed out that all of his coward, his supposed courage is just cowardice. He's just covering over for the fact that he has no bravery because there's nothing in his heart. There's nothing really down in there. And, and that's when you and I will really begin to be blessed. Is when we see that there is nothing inside of ourselves and we stop running around like a cowardly lion saying, rah, rah, to the world. But we actually say to God, I have nothing. And that's why Jesus can pour out on you and I all of these blessings because he actually did have nothing. He was the one man who went to the cross in complete poverty. He had absolutely nothing to his name. He was hungry. He was crying and he was weeping and nobody said a single good thing about him. He had absolutely nothing and so he could claim every blessing. On top of that, he accepted every curse. He accepted the, the, the woes that fell upon him because he was the son of God and he had the riches of the world. He accepted the curse that fell upon him because it wasn't just God, but all of the holy angels who said good things about him. He took all of the curses and all of the blessings so that he could give them back to you and to me. And I always think about one picture when I think about our hearts needing to get filled on the cross. Because at the end of his time on the cross, he was, of course, stabbed in his side. And out of his side poured water and blood. He emptied his heart out so that our hearts could be filled up with every good thing that we need in life. That's what God will do for us. He will give us every good thing when we've got everything to gain. We've got nothing to claim of our own, then he is willing to pour out all of those good things. I thought about that this week as I, I got to see a kind of a, a fun picture of that uh, in my own life. Um, I had one of those moments, kind of a, a early proud dad moment. You know, my kid is having one of her first presentations uh, in school. And so as we're, we're running out the door in the morning, and we're running down the checklist to make sure that they've got all the right stuff. And you know, when you're, when you're first doing your first, one of your first presentations, you're kind of disorganized and you probably don't have everything. So you say to your kid, okay, do you got your display? Oh, shoot, I forgot that. And do you got your report, right? And do you got your data? Oh, yeah, I forgot that too. And, and do you have your little, uh, 
your object lesson. Oh, I forgot that, right? So the kid's just running around the house, and, you know, you get to be like the, the cool parent for five minutes, right, and remind your kid of all the things that they forgot. <laughs> but then the, the neat moment, of course, comes in that day. They show up for their, the presentation, and the teacher says, okay, make sure you got your stuff out in front of you in your desk, and here, this, and this, and this. And so I peek my head around her, her shoulders, and she says, Dad, I got this. I'm good. I'm ready. I'm like, okay, good, right? She doesn't need me anymore. She kind of blows me off at that moment. But, you know, you think that's what Jesus, right? That's what Jesus gets to do for you and for me. He gets to pour out all of those good things. And he says to you, do you have forgiveness? Do you have righteousness? Do you have eternal life? Do you have all these good things? Oh, I'll take all of those things from you, Jesus. So that in the moment, you can say, I got this. Not because you have anything good on your own and to your name, but because you've gotten every good thing from him. You've got it all, and you can claim it right before Jesus on that last day. That's real courage. You will be able to stand before him strong and proud and say, God has given me every good thing. So let's pray for that moment. Lord, fill our hearts with courage these days. Because Jesus has made us, uh, Jesus has encouraged us. There are so many places in life where we need courage. Courage to do the right thing. Courage to do a good thing. Courage to love other people. Courage to to stop hiding and to, to speak out for what is good and right. And we pray that you would fill us with such courage, Lord. Pour out on us this amazing love that we might care for all of those who need to see what is truly right. But most importantly, Lord, fill us with the courage so that we can stand on the last day before you, prepared and solid, firm in your name. It's in Jesus' name then that we pray for this day. Amen.